Welcome to the Narrative Imp podcast and today I'm joined by a dear friend and a fellow coach and mentor. I'm so excited to have you here, Chris. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited <laughs> just to be in your company and your presence today. Oh, it's exciting. <laughs> well, I'm so grateful. Even on our way here, we're having a bit of a chat and I've learned so much from you already. You're always <laughs> just giving me so much inspiration. So I just want to basically introduce you. So you're a master NLP practitioner. You're basically a personal development life coach. I've watched your work for years and the work that you do with women and people in general is just incredible. I really appreciate your direct approach that's very honest but also like sort of delivered with some beautiful compassion so tell me about your journey yeah so it's really interesting actually just hearing you reflect on that because the people that I've worked with I've invested look over 80k in mentors over the last few years and what I really learned people need to call you out on your shit Mm. right I needed to receive that to Mm. actually go through the motions of the growth and the transformation work that I have received when people called me on the BS and they pushed through the cracks right um and forewarning everyone I'm going to swear a little bit because that's (laughs) that's who I am that's my like it's passion it's love it's always coming from love never from any other place um and it's just noticing like I that's what I do for my clients I call them on their shit Mm. I pull them out of their shadows right Mm. because we want to sit deeply in our wounds we actually Mm. unconsciously want to sit in our guilt and our shame and our sadness because there's actually a gain that we can get away with it then that we don't have to do the work that it's Mm. you know because it's all too hard so it's easier to sit right that is very powerful we actually want to sit in our wounds my Mm. gosh Mm -hmm. yeah I'm just (laughs) I'm just sort of processing that (laughs) I think there'll be a few of those moments here today okay so tell me um what was one of the biggest insights that you had like that moment I know for me that moment that like shifted where I was looking at my shadow for the first time do you remember what that was like for you what that was what was that first time for sure it's definitely been throughout motherhood so it's like actually witnessing myself pre-motherhood the judgments the things that I'd say the things that I'd feel and then it's like oh I'm doing all those things now Mm. Mm. okay does that make or mean something Mm. no it doesn't it's just it just makes sense for me right now in this time, in this in this space, in this part of my journey. That's what it looks and feels like right now. Like yeah. a great example of this is years ago, I remember sitting with a friend um, and she had her daughter and she hands the phone at the cafe and I was like, oh, what kind of a mother yeah. would do that? Like yeah. I got in the car to my mum and I'm like, oh. And mum's like, just you wait. And yeah. I'm like, no, my children will not use my phone. They will not have iPads. Like they're toddlers. They'd, I had this huge perception, right? Yeah. And what do you know? My, my kids use within reason right they they no longer have ipads we've removed those a couple of months ago but um they can use my phone and things like that Mm. and it's like whoa hold on a minute and that's where my biggest projections have sort of played out and being witness of myself and reflecting of myself in that um also i think the the deepest wound i've ever had for me was unworthy Mm. and i think a lot of us have it and it's played out in a lot of different areas and it's stemmed from a lot of different belief systems and things that were ingrained quite young um in relationships in particular with family, friends, um, my worth in career, my worth in my intelligence, all that sort of stuff. So Mm. I think that's where the work really started to push me outside of my comfort zone because I was like, hold on, I am actually passionate about something. Mm. I actually am good at it. Mm. But I thought I wasn't smart. Mm. I thought I wasn't worthy of having success. I thought I wasn't worthy of having it all. Mm -hmm. And now I do. And it's like Mm. anyone, if I can have it, anyone Mm. can. Mm. So how did you shift that wound? Like for me, um, I had a guest on the show a couple of weeks ago, Allura Halliwell. Have you heard of her? No. She's, her work's amazing and she talks about three different wounds that we live with. One is the unlovable, unloved, unworthy and unseen or unknown. And I was like, that actually makes so much sense because from all the people that I see, you usually they usually fall into one of those three categories. It's either the unloved, the unworthy or the unknown. Um, so tell me, and, and for me, mine's the unloved wound. Like that's the thing I've struggled with. So in my work, I show up fully. I don't really doubt myself. I don't think about it too much. I don't really ever compare myself to anybody. I just do my best. And so that's why in my career I've been able to thrive. But in my relationships, I've deeply felt quite unloved or unlovable. And so I really struggle, have really struggled to overcome that wound. So tell me, what are the things that you've done or the tools that you've worked with to overcome that unworthiness wound and to be in the position that you're in today? I think that comes from self-love, to be Mm. honest with you. It's actually noticing where am I not showing myself, myself the truest, deepest 
version of love um, and also looking at the highest version of myself and where am I not meeting that standard mm. because in like I've said this a couple of times on my own podcast how we do one thing is how we do everything mm. so if I'm able to give my kids a hundred percent of love mm-hmm. why the fuck aren't I giving it to myself mm. like why mm. actually asking myself why when did mm. I decide that I wasn't good enough mm. and it's noticing that that's leaky that's toxic that's not the cooked ba- like that's cooked behavior and mm. I don't play in that play that small work play in that small world sorry so it's like hold on I am deserving of everything that I want and it's Mm. coming back to I suppose there's a lot of little different like modalities and daily practices that I utilize and also remembering you don't have to do these all at once Mm. right and that's where I think people get lost it's like I will do the I am affirmations I will meditate I'll do breath work I'll do this I'll do that and there's like 10 things in a morning routine it's too much Mm. Do what feels right for you. I know a lot of like my clients that I recommend because this really supported me on my journey was the mirror work, right? Like, you know, I go in saying I love you. Yeah. Um, It's the inner child work, like Mm. um, speaking to your little you, even having a photo of your little you, like Mm. seven-year-old you on your phone is your wallpaper is a really beautiful way to support loving that version of yourself because all it does unconsciously is integrates that self-belief and that self-trust that you are worthy, you are good enough. Mm. right so yeah there's a couple of things there that I definitely have done in my Mm. journey Mm. I love that that's so powerful and I love that you say it's unreasonable to be able to do all those things but even if you did one thing really consistently that would just move the needle in such a big way so yeah yeah, I think we do we we talk ourselves out of it we we become so overwhelmed that we don't do anything whereas if we just did one of those things like a couple of affirmations or journaling down just a couple of you know sentences for the day that would actually go a long way. Yeah, I've even this week, there's been a bit of a theme with some um, clients I work with and it's like, it feels overwhelming. It's too much. There's too many to-dos. And I'm like, whoa, 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 let's let's strip it back, babe. Journaling even. Like, let's talk about journaling. They're like, I feel like I failed because I'm not, you know, the task was that I do journaling this week. And I'm like, hold up, no. You can write to me. You can mm. write in notes in your phone. You can just lay down and go... What am I, were my intentions today or how did I show up today? How can I do better tomorrow? What am I proud of? What am I celebrating? It's just reflection. Like let's mm. take away that the, the thing is journaling and it has to be a gratitude journal. It has to like be a hundred words. Whatever you're doing, yes. putting that pressure on yourself, remove yep. it and strip it back. Yeah, Journaling is reflection. Yes, right? yes, yes. And what does reflection mean to you? Yes. That's actually such a good point that you say that because I was just with a client last night and she's got four kids, she's got two businesses, she's really struggling with time and, and I said to her, do you shower every day? Because she just kept pushing back. Like, I don't have time for this, I don't have time for this. And I'm like, well, do you shower every day? And she's like, yeah, of course I do. Well, what about in the shower? Like, could you just in the shower, like, have that moment of sort of like intention, like being very intentional about your day, who you want to be, how you want to show up, what emotions you want to feel into, how you're going to create those emotions, you know, how you're going to feel into them. And she was sort of so like taken away by that. And I was too, as I was saying it, because I'd never even really thought about it. I was just trying to work with her in the moment. But you're right. It doesn't need to be any fixed formula as long as we're practicing that reflection every day. Yeah. And I really pride myself on that mapping into all areas, relationship, Mm. your parenting experience, your health and vitality. Like, okay, great. If you are someone that operates at 110% in their health and vitality and that works for you and you have the space and capacity energetically for that, cool, you do you. If you don't and you feel like you're stretched in each and everything that you're trying to achieve and never it's, it's never sustainable and it's always so challenging, mm-hmm. it's because you're doing the thing that isn't bringing you joy. It's not lighting you up, mm. right? You're doing the things that don't work for you. Yeah. I eat McDonald's, mm. right? And I yeah. coach people in their health. I also eat really clean and healthy. Yeah. I also drink red wine. Mm. I, you know, I also sauna every day and take an ice bath a few times a week. Mm. That's my vibe. Mm. Balance is my vibe. That's what health means to me. Yeah. And my family, yeah, right? Yeah. But I don't shame and guilt myself for the things that work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love that. Um, speaking of shame and guilt, like they're two emotions. Like guilt's not, not, not so much for me but shame. I've lived with a lot of shame and really like had to work so hard to sort of detach myself from that. Um, are they emotions that you've experienced a lot of and how have you stepped through trying to like – you know, I love that you talk about, you know, not having that shame, for, you know, when you're leaning into things that potentially other people might judge. So I really love that you've got that approach. Is that something you've had to work hard to sort of distance yourself from? Absolutely. And I think when I first think about that question, it's, okay, where am I not giving myself permission to be with where things are, right? Mm. So noticing that 
one another thing I can reflect on and I don't know why things keep coming back to health in this conversation but today it is it's like you know women say a lot of the time I just want to get back to who I was when I was 20 or when I was Mm. 23 or whatever the case and I'm like wait but who was she Mm. actually who was she just talking about how you looked yeah yeah who was that version of you yeah did she hold shame did she hold guilt and Mm. they're like it's like almost giving permission to yourself Mm. to be who you are now that Mm. version of you that you are now she has so much more wisdom and love and resilience and compassion Mm. than she did 10 years ago 15 Mm. years ago whatever that looks like right yeah so that's straight off the bat what I sort of think about the other thing is um so I've done my master's with neuro-linguistic programming and one of the modalities we utilize is emotional change therapy so ECT which essentially clears out limiting beliefs and releases stagnant traumas now Mm -hmm. when I say stagnant traumas I really want to just expand on that a little bit because trauma can be what it means to you so it can be big and horrific and horrible and heartbreaking and that is trauma and it's valid and it can be something really really almost minute and small Mm -hmm. that one person might look at through the lens of that that wasn't traumatic Mm. but all of our limiting beliefs are formed in our imprint years between the ages of zero to seven yes so for some children that's really horrific things and Mm. for some people it's not tying up your sister's braid quick enough and mum saying we've got to go we've got to get out the door hurry up i'll just do it myself Mm. and that can create a limiting belief so unconsciously your unconscious mind will seek the evidence that you're not good enough from that one time first time that it happened yeah whether that's true, it's absolutely mm. not. But that's a limiting belief and where mm. it sometimes can be found, right? Mm. And isn't it funny, like, how powerful these beliefs are and how they just, you know, we look for them everywhere we go in life, you know? Absolutely. Like, we have something happen and we just look for that to just reaffirm and confirm that belief. Absolutely. Now, earlier on in the in this um, interview, you said that we like to sit in our wounds because we get something out of mm. feeling those feelings. Like, talk to me a little bit about that. Why would anyone want to feel bad? Yeah, so it's kind of like this little this bubble I like to define it as. So that in the bubble, we have self-doubt. We might have scarcity. We might have a lack of self-worth. But in the bubble, we've been there our whole lives. Mm. So there's a fireplace, there's a couch, there's a warm, cosy blanket. We've been there. We're safe there. Nothing can touch us more than they've already touched us because we're here yeah. and we've existed <clears throat> here for so long. Yeah. So to come out of the bubble mm. is scary. Mm. Right? We don't know what's outside. We don't yep. know how we can, we can protect ourselves. Like even though there's self-doubt playing out and there's cooked behaviour playing out and there's a lack of self-love and worth and all these negative emotions that we're holding, it's safe. Yeah. It's all our body and mind knows to yes. be because we haven't been anywhere else. We yes. If you haven't stepped into the highest frequency the highest version of yourself and lived your life in full congruence and alignment yeah you don't know what that feels like to step out mm. of the bubble and have that mm-hmm. so it's freaking scary mm-hmm. so you want to stay there with your yeah. fireplace and your little cozy couch and yeah you know it's nice and safe but also hate yourself and you're miserable mm, yeah that's really po- that's really potent like very very true isn't it like we actually fear the unknown mm-hmm. we'll take the familiar there's a saying you know we will you know, feel into like, you know, take familiar over the like unknown every day of the week because it's just something that we know. Yeah, yeah. Mm. On the other side of fear is growth. Mm. Every single time. Mm-hmm. You want to bungee jump? Mm-hmm. Like my 13-year-old bungee jumped in New Zealand a couple of weeks mm. ago. Was she terrified? Yes. Mm. Petrified. Mm. We, like when my husband told me that they were doing it, I was like, look, if she doesn't want to do it, if she gets to the top, you just, you know, just gonna have to take it down kind of thing and she freaking did it and then she did it again right <laughs> and, she was, and like celebrating that, just that jumping off a bloody building yes. and being like I can do that like yes. what did she feel that adrenaline that empowerment that drive to do something that was scary again and again yeah right once we push outside that comfort zone mm. the other side of it like look mm. at it it's, it's gross mm. Okay, I'm going to ask you – I'm going to be a bit selfish and ask you – you st- <laughs> I'm just going to – so for me personally, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I lo- like I'm so about pushing myself in all different areas. I love to challenge myself. I love adventure sports. I love growth. I love learning. You know, there are so many areas, like, in that space. Like, I will pretty much say yes to anything. Like, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of things I'll say no to. Now, recently I was, dat- I was dating a guy and it's really interesting because – you know, here I am, like done all this work on myself, working on relationships. I'm thinking, I'm really ready to start dating again. And I'm start, you know, and I met this guy that's very emotionally intelligent. And it was so interesting the ways that I was holding back and I was fearful. So how do we do it? Like when it comes to intimacy and like doing that, like trying to grow and challenge ourselves and like do the bungee jump, 
How do we do it in relationship and in intimacy and in and in that space where it feels so scary? Because I could feel myself like projecting. I could feel myself like going to say things to you know to sort of keep him just that little bit further away or, or doubting him or you know I could mm. really feel myself doing it. And it was the first time I really noticed all the little ways that I keep myself separate from love. And I would love to also invite the question of, did you notice he had a lack of commitment? Definitely, definitely. And notice how that played out yep. with your lack of commitment. Yeah. And it's like, go all in. Oh. What would happen? Mm. What would happen if you actually let your walls come down? Mm. What would happen if you shared, I'm freaking scared mm. and I'm just sharing this because I want to hold back, mm. but I think that I should just go a bit that bit deeper. Yeah. What would what's possible on the other side of that mm. is it learning like mm-hmm. what's the teachings that will come out of it if it mm. didn't work out mm-hmm. which is always great mm-hmm. right the totally. worst things in the world can happen to you and you will always learn something if yep. you decide that you want yes, to yes right? exactly yeah that comes back to choice yeah um on and on the other side of that the the possibility of he's feeling that too mm. great yeah yeah feel it together and be yep. aware of it together yeah so that the projection doesn't play out in cooked behavior yeah yeah <laughs> the word cooked I, know. I don't think I've ever heard anyone use that as much as you do I love it <laughs> cooked behavior everyone's cooked <laughs> well it's funny that you say that because I actually did share how how scared I was um and I did share a lot of those emotions where I normally wouldn't have normally if I was feeling those emotions I would cut it off and I would just and I would project onto them I would say you're not doing this you're not doing that you're not showing up rather than just actually owning it Um, I did also own a few things like, you know, I made a comment once that I could see was not incongruent with the way I wanted the relationship to go. And then he reflected that same comment back to me a few days later. And I noticed how much that stung when it was said to me, because it was something Mm. along the lines of, well, if this doesn't work out, then X, Y, Z. And it was like, I, and I actually said to him, I said, you know, I was like, I'm going to own that. And I'm going to actually say that I don't like that I use that, that I said that comment because I can see that that's actually keeping me safe. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to use that anymore. Like, I don't want us to do that. Mm-hmm. And so I am actually proud of myself for leaning in a, a few of those yeah. really difficult conversations for me. And I could feel my whole body going into anxiety, like going into fear as I did that. Mm. Mm. Interesting how I'm going to say cooked behaviour again. (laughs) Interesting how the cooked behaviour right comes out to play when it's to do with our ego, so our concept of self. And when we think about the word ego, right, and many people listening might be like that just means arrogant or that means that you're a crappy person or that means that you're this or that. Like the ego has been labelled as something that is negative language, right? Yeah. Yeah. But let's bring it back to what it actually is. Our ego is our concept of self. Mm -hmm. What I want you to see. What I want you to see mm. about me. And if you see something I don't like, oh, that stings. Mm. And all of us have a different perception of our own reality, mm. right? Mm-hmm. We all know this, right? Mm-hmm. But if you were to say to me right now, like, oh, Chris, I just, I don't think you're a good person. <laughs> well, my in my ego, one of those things that I strongly believe is that I am a good person. Mm. So that would be hurtful. Mm. And I'd be like, oh, how? Why? Mm. And then I'd probably overcompensate mm. or I'd resist you. There's two ways I'd go with it, mm. right? I'd, over, I'd be like, I want to show you how good I am mm-hmm. and make it mean something to you, make you value me yeah. so I can get my validation and get my worthiness from you. Mm. Or I'd resist and it would be like a big fuck you. Mm. It's like, no, mm-hmm. you don't get to say that about me. That's mm. not true. You're wrong. I'm right. Yeah. And that's where my ego is. Yes. That's where I'm playing out like my concept of self. Yeah. Yeah, this whole self-concept thing is so new to me. I feel like apparently it's a big thing lately, Like, but I've never heard of it. And it was really interesting. When things ended with this guy, I started – I do what I always do. I dive into all these podcasts. I try to make sense of it. I journal, I cry, I release, all this sort of stuff. So I was on this like weekend of like just processing it and I came across this podcast about self-concept. And for me, I always actually believed that I thought I was worthy of love. Like I, I know I've got this unlovable wound, but I deep down was like, no, I've done so much work on myself – I know I'm worthy of a relationship. I know I'm worthy of being a, a mother and a wife. Mm. Now, it, I, I don't know what it was about this podcast, but it really resonated because of the way she talked about how we show up in different parts of our lives. So she asked me, she sort of spoke about writing down all the ways that you, the thoughts that you have and the beliefs that you have about yourself, like in your fitness, like in your health and well-being, in your career, in your relationship, as a parent, um, as a friend. So I would write all these things down. So in my in my training, like, like if I fail something, I'm just so determined. I'm like, fuck that. I want to go back and get that. Like I'm just yeah. going to keep going, going, yes. going. Like I'm yeah. so persistent and determined. I don't like hold back and like, oh, I shouldn't try that. I'm just – I really show up. 
in my career, same thing. Like I could reach out to people to come on the podcast. I could ask people to work with me. People say no. And I'm just like, oh, well, whatever. Like I don't make it mean anything. <laughs> yeah. I don't even think about it. I'm just like, cool. I don't sit there and think, oh, I shouldn't have da da But then I started journaling on the relationship and I was like, oh, my gosh, all these doubts and fears, these fear-based thoughts that are showing me that actually my self-concept in that area is not strong and not worthy. And I, it was just blew my mind to, to actually see, well, no, you've got this deep belief that it's not going to work out for you, then you're not going to be chosen. Mm. And I think that's just such a powerful way to like look at the different parts of yourselves and look at the different areas that you feel that you are worthy and not. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everything's a initiation. Mm. Like let's look through the lens of nothing's a challenge. I'm just going to reshuffle myself. Go for it. Um, nothing is a – like if we look at the word problem, right, it's the language that we use as well, which is super important. It's like this is a problem. Okay, wait, I'm going to reframe that to challenge. Wait, let's reframe mm. it again to initiation. Mm. Yeah, I love – yeah. And then what does that get, get for you? Yeah. What do you gain from that? Yeah. And yeah. when we're coming back to that question earlier around secondary gain, mm-hmm. sitting in a negative emotion, the benefit of sitting in X, Y, Z – so let's talk about sadness. The benefit of me sitting in sadness – is that I probably drink a bottle of wine a night. Mm. Oh, that's fun. Mm. Then I don't have to prepare dinner. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's easy. Mm. Then the washing's not updated. Mm. Oh, well, I don't want to do it anyway, Mm. right? Let's look at the pattern there that that plays out as. Because I chose to sit in sadness. Mm. That's the secondary gain. What I've worked out within myself is that I lack responsibility. Mm. And my biggest and most – sorry, not my biggest, but my highest value is freedom. Mm. And you can imagine four kids, three businesses – Sometimes I don't feel very free, mm, right? Of course. <laughs> yeah, I feel that, imagine. that stretch and that restriction mm. and that like, oh, I just don't want to be touched. Like mm. my kids and little kids that I have, my three and four-year-old are very affectionate little ones mm. and they love their mum and that's perfect and beautiful, mm. but also get off me yeah, kind of thing. So noticing that, you know, when I'd have in the past chosen to sit in sadness, the secondary gain was like a responsibility mm, because I just wanted the freedom. So if I cultivate oh, the freedom, wow. right, and mm. to integrate the freedom mm-hmm. into my day and what that looks like for me, I might not get my hour sauna in every day, but mm. I do get 10 minutes mm. and I yeah. prioritise it. And maybe my, my I've got a photo of my daughter last week and she's blowing like, you know, the fish faces yep. onto yep. the screen of the sauna and she's yep. like, hurry up, mum, come <laughs> out, mum. I'm like, this is mummy's time. <laughs> and I just sat there for 10 minutes and I just got it done because I'm like, I need this. Yes. Sometimes exercise isn't 45 minutes. It's like three minutes of burpees and that, yep. like whatever that'll do. Yeah. The kids are climbing. Like it just, you do what works, stripping yep. it back. Yeah. If my highest value is freedom mm. and I'm not receiving freedom in my every single day in some format, then I'm going to feel restricted. Yeah. I'm going to allocate sadness as a priority and yeah. then I'm going to have that lack of responsibility. Yeah, yeah. And then that just fucks up the whole system. Yeah, yeah. The washing's not done, the kids aren't yes. fed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's Domino's pizzas and, you know, yeah. that doesn't make me feel good. Yeah. I don't feel strong-minded. I don't feel disciplined, motivated, mm. committed to myself. That's a lack of integrity for me. Mm. When I'm out of intentionality, I'm out of integrity. Yeah. And that's not who I am. Yeah. So can I ask you, though... Because a lot of the work that I've been doing has been about being okay with sitting in those heavier emotions and actually starting to feel them more. Mm -hmm. So because what I would spend a lot of my time doing is just resisting them, like just avoiding all of my emotions, like scrolling social media, shopping, whatever, just staying really busy that I didn't have to feel. So do you – like when you say – like get sitting in sadness like is there any do you recommend you know spending time processing those emotions and actually working through them and actually sort of asking yourself like feeling into them or yeah what's your process there what's your structure yeah so we want to feel the emotion like the polarity of you know sadness and anger is joy yeah you can't feel joy without feeling sad totally right? yeah um the word so linguistically i've studied um, language and linguistics in my master's but Linguistically speaking, the word emotion is energy in motion. So move. Mm. You want to be sad? Great. Let's start off being sad. Let's cry. And then what comes up next? Is it anger? Mm. Are you going to sit in – like you? so like a great example of this is if you're sitting in sadness, you're crying, you're journaling, you're being really reflective and probably in your soft feminine. I'm just interrupting this episode to let you know about an offer that I have for you. If any of – what we've spoken about today or any of my recent episodes have resonated with you then I strongly believe you've been brought to my podcast for a reason and maybe that reason is that you are 
meant to work with me one-on-one. If you send me a DM on Instagram saying podcast, I am going to offer you a free one-on-one 90-minute session valued at $300 with me. So send me a DM at Bint on Instagram to claim your free offer today. Now let's get back on with the episode. Great, but then you've moved to anger. Yeah, yeah. What are you doing with the anger? Are you yeah. still journaling about it? Or yeah. can you go for a run? Can you go under the water and scream yeah. at the top of your lungs? Let it out. Yeah. Do something with it. Yeah. For me, we've got a boxing bag in our home gym. Yeah. Get on the boxing bag, right? Yeah. Punch a pillow. Scream yeah. into a pillow. Yeah. It doesn't have to be this big crazy thing. Yeah. I think one of the most paramount things in this work has been that noticing in particular for men, which is, you know, a part of, I suppose, my, my mission with and my message is anger is a healthy emotion. Yeah. Can yeah. we stop saying angry is bad, mm. mean, violent, abuse, this, this and this? Well, in yes, some cases that exists. Yeah. But anger in little boys, like let them fucking be mm, angry. Totally. And teach them how to process anger yeah. in a healthy way. In a healthy way. Yeah. You can go and scream on a mountaintop and that doesn't make you a, an abusive, violent man. Yeah, yeah. You can feel that emotion yeah. because after you move it, yeah. move the energy, notice what comes up. Mm, what's, totally. What's next? Yeah. So, yeah, really, really invite yeah. people to sit with, if you start with sadness, sit with the sadness, but don't use the same modalities yeah. that you're using for sadness for the next emotion. Totally, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, express it in, like, you know, I think a lot of people think that to feel any of the, these emotions, it's bad, but it's like the emotion isn't bad, it's the behaviour that's bad. Mm. Like, if you were to go and punch someone, like, that behaviour wouldn't be wouldn't be good. Yeah. But if you, if you find a healthy way to express that anger in a way that's safe then it's not the emotion, it's the behaviour that's not ideal. Yeah, 100%. Great, I love that. So tell me, because I am feeling a lot of anger right now. Mm. I've processed, sadness I'm fine with because I cry, I journal, I sit. Can we just hold hold that there for like two minutes? Yes. Sorry. No, you're right. I I just wanted the little spill to finish first. Yeah, don't be silly. Yeah, you can't get a bloody word in edgeways with us two. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. Trying to catch a gap, not going to happen. Oh. I'm getting like sweaty and reshuffling. Yeah. All right. What are we, yeah. <coughs> so. Um, yeah, so for me, processing sadness is so easy. Like it comes naturally to me. I don't struggle to yeah, express that. Yeah, so for me, sadness, I don't really struggle to express. But anger is something that I'm noticing popping up for me right now. And I'm like, today, I'm sort of like, okay, I'm going to need to like release this. Like, what can I do to like get this out? Are you sick in here, in your chest? Yes. Yeah, great. Yeah. So, scream. Yeah. Start there. Yeah. Go to the beach, go under the water and scream until your little heart doesn't feel sick anymore. Yeah. Or, or and, you could do either or, or do both. Start with sprints on the beach, run as yes. fast as you can. It can be 10 metres, I don't care how long it is. Yeah. Fast as you can, as hard as you can. Yeah. And really notice that shift. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. that release there, right? Yeah. And then go and do the underwater thing or how, yeah. whichever way you want to yeah. do it. That's Love what it. I would say. Like, I've had clients or coaching calls and I've been, and she's sitting with anger and she's like, I can't, you know, no, I'm so sad, I'm so sad. I'm like, cool, let's move to anger. And she would, do, I'm like, scream. Mm. And she's going, no, I don't want, I'm like, scream. Do it. Scream at me. I can hold you in this. There's no one home. You you live, you know, in the outskirts. No one can hear you. You're safe to do this. It's okay to scream. Let it out. Yeah. And when she let it out, the freaking light on this girl's face. Yes. Yeah. The release, the feeling, the emotion she felt. She's like, oh, my God, I feel so good. Yeah. And it can be as simple as that. Mm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. I won't scream right now, but I'll do it when <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I love that sprints idea too because you do you, – like it's a nice way to sort of release that mm. but also feel into that freedom yeah, as well. and look, not everyone can do that. Yeah, right? so yeah. Like noticing that that's not for everyone. Yeah. But everyone yeah. can punch the shit out of yeah. their pillow. Yeah, yeah. And that doesn't hurt anyone. Yeah. Like at the moment incorporating and teaching my son to do that. When yeah. He, he wants to throw toys in his room and I said, you can't throw toys but you can. Yeah. You can hit your pillow if you're feeling like you want to be angry. Like you can be angry at your pillow. Yeah. You can't hit mama and you can't hit your sisters. Like yeah. that's not on. But what you can do is is hit your pillow because you won't hurt your pillow. Yeah. But you can hurt people and you can hurt mummy's white walls and he knows about mummy's white walls. <laughs> <laughs> he goes up to them and scratches them when he's being cheeky and he's like, I'm going to scratch your walls if you don't give me the ice cream. Hilarious. <laughs> I love that. That is so funny. So tell me, with the work that you do with women, like do you mainly work with women? Do you work with any men? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you yeah, do, I've yeah. I've had a few male Okay, great. Not a few. I've had probably 10 male clients um, that Amazing. I've worked with in the last six months. Okay. Really, really incredible. That's awesome. Yeah. What have you? What are you noticing about men? Like, what are you noticing that's common with the men that are coming to work with you? 
Men have been told to shut down their feelings yeah. Yeah. since the day they were born yeah. and they don't know how to process their feelings. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the ones that are learning and doing the work, mm-hmm. um, we mentioned on the drive out here that I, I, we were sort of touching on this in the masculine and how, like, let's call it a 10% ratio to the 90% of women, right, mm-hmm. that are actively seeking the, this journey and doing the deep inner work. And I think it will continue to grow this number and I'm so excited about that. Mm. Um, but men have been told to shut down their anger yeah shut it down it's bad so what's happening mm-hmm. is men are going into their feminine mm. and then our our the females has know, to go into the masculine. masculine yeah and then there's a disconnect because yeah. you're not attracted to each other yeah or you're not attracted to him and he's not attracted to her or whatever the case or like yeah. she's too controlling she's too fierce she's you know they, they go into this dance of and a rhythm that lacks right mm. i was about to say the word disrhythm but i don't think that's a word mm-hmm. but it's like you know there's no duality in it mm. It's mm-hmm. out of balance. So men, I'm really, really witnessing. It's like, let them feel. Mm. They don't have to sit down and cry for the emotion to come mm. out. Like, I, And I think that's where some women may be getting confused in terms of they want to cry and show that emotion. Mm-hmm. Well, let the, your husband or partner hold you in that. It yeah. doesn't mean they have to. Yeah. They might need anger release. And yeah. let them have that. Let them scream. Yeah. Hold yeah. them while they do or just be there while yeah. they do or invite them to. Right. It's. I, I think it's interesting. I love that you um, talk about that, but I think a lot of women are afraid of their of their partner's anger. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I was raised. You know, my dad didn't often raise his voice, but when he did, I listened. Yeah. And that was scary. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So in the past, when I've had anyone any violence around me, right, mm. like being boys getting in punch ups and stuff like that, like it's super dysregulating. Mm. That's scary. That's mm. violent. That's mean. That's bad. Like mm. call the police. That's yeah. you know, there's a level there where I'm just like, oh my God, mm. like what is that? Mm. Because I wasn't uh, I was a bit naive to it, I mm. suppose. I wasn't around that kind of behaviour. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that you can be stern and fierce as a man and you can hold yourself to a standard where you are deeply in your masculine mm-hmm. and you can also be vulnerable in it. Mm. And anger can be a vulnerable emotion. Mm. And I don't think people are noticing that they can have both mm. the duality and, and play with the two, of, mm. two emotions. That's powerful. Mm. Wow. Yeah, I've never heard anyone talk about that. How, what does that look like? like I don't know that anyone has. I think I just made it up then. <laughs> <laughs> you cracked me up. Like, it's just like... Oh, I just you love can, you so much. <laughs> you can have both. <laughs> you can be angry and anger being a healthy emotion is vulnerability. Like I'm reflecting on my four-year-old son yeah. when he's screaming yeah. and having a tantrum. He's yeah. being vulnerable. He is vulnerable, yeah. So when a, a grown-up man is doing it, why yeah. isn't he? Yeah, that's actually a really good point. We do this all the time, don't we? We I notice one of two things with people, especially parents. They will either give their partner more compassion that they can give their kids or the vice versa. Mm. But we don't hold this – like we really struggle. We put different rules on different people depending on who they are and what they should be able to do, like emotionally mm. regulate. Like I see people be able to hold space for their kids and really, you know, really, really parenting them in a beautiful, conscious way, but then their partner – you know, might have an emotion and they've got no tolerance for it or mm. vice versa. They can't, they can handle the emotion in their partner, but they've got no tolerance for their kids. They just shut that shit down. Mm. It's so interesting. It is interesting. Do you see that? Yeah, I definitely do. Um, I think as we were just, as I mentioned just before, around um, women being in the masculine and men being in the feminine, the fastest way to sort of, for anyone listening that is like, oh yeah, that's me, that's, oh that feels like my relationship. Something that I invite my clients to do is, um, let him hold you, mm. let him be over and you under mm. and just sit in it. Mm. Let him lead. Yeah. Lead with decisions, yeah. micro decisions. Are yeah. you in a relationship where you're deciding every restaurant? Mm. Like, because they oh, I don't know, what do you want? Mm. So they're putting it back on you because they don't want to get it wrong. Mm, exactly. They You've criticised them so much so that yeah. <laughs> I see this all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Women are like so wanting men to lead and show up, but yet they criticise every little thing that they do. And so, of course, a man's not going to be able to lead and, and, you know, sort of, you know, help, like, you know, run your relationship when he feels like he's not even trusted to take you to a restaurant. Yeah, and look, sometimes I don't even think it's uh, it's conscious behaviour when someone's doing it. It's unconscious and it might, you know, her reason might be, let's just say she wants to go to this restaurant, she's seen it on Instagram, her friend's Mm. been there, someone else famous has been there, she's been influenced by something, she's seen she really wants to go there and he suggested something else. She's like, no, no, I want to go this one. He's like, well, this is around the corner. This makes sense logically. So in his head, he's 
doing the right thing. And she's like, no, I said I want to go to this. Why don't you ever yeah. think that, listen to what I say? Yeah. And she's not feeling heard and seen, yes, right? Yes, of course. So it's like, it's just, it's it plays out in all different behaviour. But yeah. I definitely feel like the first thing, if you're in a relationship and you're feeling that disconnect and that resistance from each other, like, let him lead. Mm, mm-hmm. Let him lead. Yeah. yeah. And the funny thing is, like, if you're not feeling seen and heard, like, if that if that's really a one-off situation but in the if the rest of the relationship's really connected and you're feeling really good it's not going to bother you so much but if it's a common thing i think what people do is they focus on the surface level things so much but they don't actually go underneath and figure out what's going on like i don't think many women would actually be able to say hey i'm really noticing that i'm feeling quite you know misunderstood by you and i'm noticing that like every time we we sort of disagree i have to heighten and just completely get big and loud and and sort of large to get you to hear me you know that's the default that's what i'm i'm having to do but i'm noticing this throughout the whole relationship or you know the man like i hear a lot of men i say like i coach you know the bid for connection thing pops up a lot like a man will try to bid for connection with his partner and she's turning away from him a lot like and he just starts to know he just starts to really sort of hold back and stop doing that because he knows every time he goes to connect with her he's just going to be pushed away because kids busy whatever da 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 and so you just start to but it's like if you can learn to speak up and say hey I'm really noticing like I've been sort of like trying to connect with you and I feel like you're pushing me away. I know I know you're busy, I know you're breastfeeding, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But this is how I'm feeling. Like we just don't know how to do that, do we? Because it's so vulnerable and scary. It does feel scary but once mm. you start and remain consistent with your feelings and thoughts and behaviours, it's reflective everywhere. Yeah, yeah. It's the old saying, speak how you want to be spoken to. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, well, that's the thing, right? We all want vulnerability, but we all want someone else to go first, mm, don't we? Mm. And noticing, like what I said just before around anger being vulnerable, like all emotions can be vulnerable if mm. you decide that they are. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I've never heard that before. And I'm, yeah, but you're right. Like when I think about my nephew, like I, he's he has anger bursts, like outbursts. And yeah, he is very vulnerable when that's happening. So I don't know why I would think differently for an, for an adult because you just put them into a different category. You do. Yeah. But actually they're really not. Absolutely mm. not. It's just vulnerability that looks a different way. Mm. And if you can, like, you know, we're teaching our children now, like the awareness cues and things that little kids have, have like my son has tools to regulate his emotions. He mm. does deep breaths in mm. and deep breaths out. I need space, mummy. I just need some space. And he'll take himself away. Like some, not all the time he does this. He's only four. But, you know, more tools than most grown yeah. men, right? Yeah. So there's a different generation about to hit. With it's amazing, isn't it? Uh, but, you know, it's those, those minor moments and being really radically aware of, well, how am I judging an adult? Mm. and not the child yes when every adult is the child yeah when i'm working on my inner child yeah and i'm seeing my cooked behavior yeah <laughs> and we should yeah. we should have a cocktail in here yeah. for every time i say cooked <laughs> behavior we've got a drink <laughs> love it um it, 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 like when i'm noticing my pl- behavior playing out i'm going oh that's me and a child and oh i've got to you know go and you know deal with that wound or deal with that worthiness thing or that reflection or that projection well, hold up! Look at you. why. Why am I judging? Why am I allowing myself to judge someone else's wounded child? Yeah, yeah. Because we take it so personally, don't we? Mm. We take it so personally, and this is the thing I really struggle with. Like, it's funny because if someone has a wounded child that's similar to mine, I have so much empathy. Like, I've got so much compassion because obviously I can relate. But it's when it's different. It's when it's the opposite that I really struggle. It's interesting because the word empathy, linguistically speaking, is pathetic. They both mean the same thing, right? Oh, right. Yep. So when you look at it through that lens, mm-hmm. what does that? Why does that resonate? Mm. Because I have empathy for them. Because of how you feel about you at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But yet, I don't have that same empathy. I've had to really work on that empathy for, like, someone's inner child that's like flipped, like you know, mm-hmm. different behavior. So like, I tend to attract men who are more controlling, I suppose, like more. Um, and maybe less okay with being vulnerable. Mm. And so that's really interesting because I find that so confusing and I find their behaviour so confusing, but I don't – it's taken me so much to sort of work through that they're still in their inner child and they've got their little protective mechanisms playing out. Yes. But they're just different to mine. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. Powerful, hey? Yeah, so powerful. Mm. Do you work with couples? I have. Yep. How do you find that? Oh, look, it was great. Yep. It was great. Yep. But everyone needs to be in it. 
Yes, yes. Yeah. Do you find that there's always one couple, that, like in the couples, there's always one that's sort of more invested than the other? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. I think it's it, it's noticing that you both have to show up and do the work. Yeah. It's yeah. not that she can just go and do it or he can just go and yeah. do it and you're going to half-ass it whichever yeah. way it does it. You know, it's not to say that women do it more or men do it more. It's simply to say like if you're going to show up and do couples coaching, actually be, be in it fully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And hold each other in that space. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, it's not something that I currently offer, no. Yeah, yeah. I'm just curious because, like, do you find that relationships are something that a lot of people struggle with when they come to work with you? Yes. Yeah, like yeah. Everyone. Yeah, We're yeah. All, like, the, the road of, in particular with parenthood mm. um, and the changes that a woman goes through and the season of matrescence and that identity shift of who she is and who she was and, you know, the husband's like, hold on, what about me? Like, mm. I miss you. Mm. She's like, don't touch me. Mm. Don't come near me. But mm. he's like, oh, but what? I, I, I'm trying here and he is trying. Yeah. But they're, they're dancing with two different different rhythms, two different mm. songs are playing out, out mm. and neither of them can find space to connect. Mm. Right? So connection is first and foremost. Mm. And that's the woman getting out of her masculine because she is in her feminine and making dis- – mm. like even though she's in her feminine with the kids and nurturing and soft and being in that, she's also in her masculine because she's making all the decisions. Mm. Let's say you go on holiday. Who yeah. packs all the bags? Yeah. Who puts, does all the washing? Yeah. Who plans the day trips? Who remembers yeah. the bottles? Who remembers the dummies? Or yeah. whatever the case, the preps, the this, the that. Yeah. Sure, the husband might have booked the trip and paid for it yeah. because that's what they do, right? Yeah. But she also feels like she's deeply in a mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's that disconnect again and yeah. the masculine playing out. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about your relationship? Like yeah. how how does that play out? Like tell me about your marriage. Yeah, my marriage is amazing. Um, my husband is incredible and in his in his masculine and I yeah. think that's the greatest part and the, any initiation that I've experienced has been because I've almost wanted to be in my masculine mm. it's like oh pull back pull back he's there <laughs> yes right? yeah and he leads and he's a incredible leader and he's so emotionally intelligent yeah self-aware radical responsible like he's just everything that I could ever imagine being with yeah and I love that he's always open for more, mm. always looking for more growth, more mm. change, more drive. He's mm-hmm. just such a driven human being and I love that because mm-hmm. it's like I'm like, oh, I can keep up. I'm going to yeah. try. I, you know, he's just so motiva- motivating to yeah. be around yeah. and yeah, he's my best friend. I, yeah. He's literally my best friend. I could talk to him all day about anything and everything and that's I suppose that behavioural flexibility for me is something that I've been – really really working hard over the last probably decade but more seriously the last five years in integrating because it's like I can be in my mask right I yep. can be in, or in my dark feminine in terms of r- running a business running a team of 20 men in a yep. sales group right um hiring and firing people things like that like I'm I can be that version of myself and I can also be in my feminine and let someone else lead and make yeah. decisions and that feels really good for me and congruent yeah. and in alignment in my relationship. Mm. Um, I think we are so deeply aligned in mm. so many ways and I love that so much. Like same level of parenting ideas and ideals, mm. like same goals for the future. Like there's nothing that plays out that's like, mm, no. They're not, you know they're what not I mean? Like yep. it's, yeah, like yep. it's just, you know, we have a blend of fa- family which has had its own challenges and initiations through that yep. and bringing two of our own kids into that family dynamic. Yep. You know, I've got Do you have any kids previous? No, no. no. So yeah. we've got two two teenagers, two toddlers, and yep. and, and that. Yeah. <laughs> at the moment, we just got a puppy. It's been, we've <laughs> been doing renovations for six months. So look, there's yeah. you know we've been busy and noticing that we're needing some time together soon, and we yep. just make ourselves aware of it, chat yep. it out, and make that time available to each other. It's yep. so healthy for us. We are really lucky that we have support. Yeah. Um, and you know, are people that want to prioritize our relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And how long ago did you guys meet? Mm. Great question. I worked for him for a while. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was, gosh, I can't know, 2000, maybe, maybe like 2013 we met, yeah, but yeah. like got together, I think, like the end of 2016, maybe, yeah. maybe mid 2016. I can't remember. Yeah, right. Yeah. Around then. Yeah. Been married four or five years now. So, yeah, yeah, amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah. I love hearing people's, back. yeah, I love hearing people's like stories where they've found that person that they can really feel aligned with. Mm. It gives me a lot of hope. Yeah. 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 Look, the right person's there. Yeah. And maybe it's just continuing to be open yeah. to what else is available. To yeah. You. And I think it's so important, like, w- like I love how you talk about your values and about how aligned they are. Like, I think that's so important. You know, for me, growth is something that's such a high value for me. So I'm always wanting to grow, learn, look at what I'm not seeing and, and you know, always expand. So, you know, I think where I've really struggled is – 
being with people who are not ready. And don't, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm probably the same in some areas of my life too. I'm not ready to see things. So, yeah, it's a tricky one. Mm. And so tell me, what is on the cards for you this next sort of six to 12 months? Like in your business, like what are you really, what's the direction you're taking, the clients that you're wanting to pull in, that you're wanting to work with? You know, what are the things that you're excited about? I know you mentioned earlier you're looking at doing some retreats next year. Mm, yes, I'm hopeful that I can pull that off with the with the four kitties and the systems and schedule mm. that we have. Um, we'd love to start doing that. I've got some like-minded clients that I just deeply want to put in a room together. I'm like, you guys, like, let's, you know, you have to sit at tables that accand and accelerate your growth. Yeah. And I'm like, let's go. Let's mm. freaking accelerate I this kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, we'd love to do retreats. I would love to do some group containers next year, just finalising a few details on that, whether it's something that I definitely feel like it's in alignment. Um, I really, really prefer myself, um, the close proximity coaching. Yeah. I like one-on-one yeah. myself when I have a mentor. So for yeah. me, I really do call in the yeah. clients that are looking for that one-on-one mentorship. Yeah. And they yeah. get the best results from that. Yeah. Personally, I feel like I can move you with speed. Yeah. I can freaking empower you and get you from where, from A to F, like not mm. even A to B. Like let's go mm. to F. How, mm. far, how far can we go mm. in the time we're getting together? And I suppose that my goal with the work that I do is I want you not to want to work with me. I mm. want you to say I'm done. Yes. Thank you. Yes. This Bye. is it. Like yeah. if I can do that in 12 weeks, yeah. great. If I can do that in six months, great. Like I don't care how long it takes, yeah. but we're going to get you there. Yeah. Right? Love like that. yes, you're in charge of the results, but I'm results driven. Yeah. So let's yeah. freaking go. Yeah. Like let's, let's make it happen. Um, I can give you all the tools in the world mm. and you are in charge of, you know, doing the work mm. and going to the depths. Yeah. And – yeah, I think I'm just so motivated to continue doing it in that aspect. Yeah. And, and the, the women that I have essentially like um, stopped working with because yeah. they've closed that loop, yeah. right? Just the empowerment they yeah. feel, the change, the ripple effect, the ripple impact to their children, their yeah. husbands, their, it's amazing, their mothers, it? their fathers. Like It's just like, fuck, like, this is what I'm here to do. Yeah, this it's is so what I'm cool. Here for. Yeah, yeah. So tell me, one of the things that I really struggle with in my coaching is is tracking their results. Like I find myself like always reflecting back to my clients like, noticing the changes that they're making, the ways that they're responding, reacting, that are shifting. But how do you do it in a way where it's like actually, um, you know, sort of actually able to look at? Yeah. How do you track your clients' results? I think, um, look, obviously it's what's going on in their lives and how they're yeah. doing. That's one, yeah. right? And, yeah. and the other thing is, is like, actually, let's look at the progress. What were you week one and the notes that you take and what you actually decide that is worth writing down because we can't sit and record the entire, well, we could yes. record the entire session, but yeah. we don't. Yeah. And noticing how deeply, in, like, where were they at when they started? Yeah, yeah. And in those areas of life... Uh, of all those areas of life yeah. are they still there yeah and sure so there might be some more things to clean up yeah right? yeah but yeah. they're feeling pretty good in the other areas yeah, so yeah. that's you know and i like to sort of rate it you know out of 10 let's mm. say that, let's say you said oh love or self-love was a, an eight yeah i'd be like great how do we get it to an 8.5 yeah yeah i don't yeah. need you at a 10 10 percent yeah. of the time yeah I just want to get you that little bit further yeah. And so you can see that you can do it mm. and then we can get to the night and then we can get to the 10. If you want to be the 10, cool, let's mm. do that, right? Mm-hmm. But just noticing and and usually the numbers thing is, is great to work yeah. with. Yeah. Um, but reflecting on where they were. Mm. Yeah. Be really realistic. Like what yeah. was that first call? Did they cry? Yeah. Was their relationship totally disconnected? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and what does that look like now? Sure, there's always, always, always going to be initiations and challenges. Yes. That doesn't change. I had a mentor say to me once, um, new level, new devil. Yeah, I love that saying. Never love freaking it. changes. Yeah. Right? I know. You don't finally just get to a place where you, you're fine. We're not supposed to. There's always to. something. Yeah. Your relationship isn't supposed yeah. to thrive 100% of the yeah. time. That would be ridiculous. Yeah. That's yeah. not sustainable for anyone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, like, your health's going to be the same. Your money mindset's going to be the same. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's okay that it's not perfect 100% of the yeah. time. But being yeah. okay with that imperfection too. Yeah, too really totally. Really helps. Are you being coached by any mentors at the moment? Currently, no. Yeah. Who are the, some of the biggest mentors? Like who in your life have you worked with that's been very impactful for you? Um, so I did my training with Elizabeth Ann Walker and mm-hmm. then invested into a small group container after the training, which was absolutely so powerful. If you don't follow Elizabeth, go and follow her to learn more about NLP and things like that. She is just someone that, she's like an encyclopedia but <laughs> in terms of energetics and spirituality and everything compounded into every known fact in the world yes. like you have a question and this woman's got the answer yep. she's done it all and yep. she's really really incredible i'm bringing her on the podcast really soon um i've worked with a beautiful woman she was my breathworks coach for two years her name is nicola lay she's from the gold coast and 
she brought me back to my feminine. She dealt with my inner child. She's done awesome. Yeah, some really, really powerful things. Mm. So those two people have probably been most profound. Mm-hmm. Um, and outside of that, it's the, the influences in my life. Mm. Like having a husband that is yeah. just as incredible as he is. Yeah. Um, I recently, well, not recently, but like a year ago, I became best friends with, as an adult, with a new girl. Mm. And it was like, and, and she's a coach as well. And we did our masters together. We weren't even close in masters. And suddenly we connected. She stayed at my house for a week. And I'm like, oh, you're mine now. And she's like, oh, you're mine now. <laughs> and it's like the sister I never had. Yeah. So it's, yeah. you know, always being open, yeah. open, open, open to the other influences, yeah. putting yourself at tables yeah. where big conversations happen. It's right? so important, isn't it? Yeah. I have no time for surface level conversation anymore. Yeah. I literally like, oh, like yeah. I just want to get deep. I want to talk about all this sort of stuff. <laughs> That's why I love you so much because yeah. every time we come together, it's just a conversation yeah. that's like this. Yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. you're right. And I, I think what's so important, what I see a lot with my clients is, you know, they might – often I'm the first mentor that most people have worked with. You know, it's sort of like, oh, I've never really invested this much money. It's a bit nerve-wracking. Like, I don't really know how this is going to work. But then they come in and then all of a sudden, like, they're doing all these experiences. They're meeting all these people. They're going out and just, you know – like, I had a client wrap up her six months the other day and we, we sort of sat back and looked at all the things that she's done. She's been to Tony Robbins. She never would have done that. Her relationship so much better. Like, all these things and it's like – She's made all these friend connections with other women in business that she would never have made otherwise. Yes, and it's like yes. those things are so worthwhile yeah. because, yeah, like being, sitting at those tables with people that you may not have otherwise, mm. like you never know where that's going to take you. A hundred percent. Could not agree more. Mm, love that. What's a message that if you, you know, you just – what's one thing that you find yourself saying over and over and over that you just wish everyone knew? Mm. Two things. I'm not going to say what I'm going to say too. <laughs> First of all, nothing changes if nothing changes. Mm-hmm. I know it's used. I know everyone said it. But hear me when I say it. Nothing changes if nothing changes. If it's not lighting you up, if you're not waking up with, every day with some intentionality, some alignment, some energy, fucking move. Mm. Make a choice. You get to decide that, right? Yep. Yep. Actually, I've got three. <laughs> Everything's <laughs> – I love that. Everything is a choice. Yeah, yeah. Everything. Yeah. yeah. Everything is a – Reflection of your choices. Yes. Take accountability, yep. ownership, responsibility, yep. and yep. again, move. Yes. And the other one is. I'm feeling that deeply. <laughs> what if I fall, but what if I fly? Yeah. That yeah. old quote. Yeah. It's like been around since yeah. I was, I think I saw it when I was 11. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And it's just held so deeply within mm-hmm. me because every time I think about a big decision or a move and mm-hmm. it's like, oh, fuck, what if this doesn't go the way I want yes. it to go? It's like, oh, but what if it does? Yeah. How good that's going to be. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Sit in that. Yeah. Love that so much. Thank you. This has been such a pleasure. Where do people find you to connect with you? I know you've got a podcast, you've got a website, you're on TikTok, you're on Instagram. Yeah, where do people reach over. out? I'm all over, and I'm you're everywhere. Coming to YouTube, I've got my fabulous photographer here, Jarrett, who's been with us today with uh-huh. the recording. So thank you, Jarrett. Um, and we will be likely popping this episode up on there. So YouTube yep. and all of that is just Inside Out with Chris K R I S, and the website is .com.au. So jump on and have a look. Love it. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for Just having me. Just adore you. I adore you too. <laughs> Thank you, babe.